The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. In this story, one vocabulary note, talent, a talent is a considerable amount of money. Jesus said to the disciples, The kingdom of heaven is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated, and would the younger members of the congregation come forward, please. Good morning. Good morning. I forgot to ask for instructions. I hope I'm sitting in the right place. Yeah. I am? Okay, good. We use a lot of words in church that we don't often use in other places. And one of them is steward. 
or stewardship. Do you know what a steward is? Okay. If you were given something by someone, or not really given, but if you were lent and put in charge of something by someone else, and you had to do with it what that person wanted, but you got to decide how you did that, then you'd be a steward of that thing. So that if someone gave you a plot of land and said, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna take this back in two years, but whatever you want to do with it, feel free to do with that. But I want it to be in better shape when you give it back to me than when I gave it to you. What might you do with a plot of land over two years that might make it better? Yep. You could grow stuff. You could make a garden. You could clean it up. Yeah, so it was looking better. Yeah. Plant crops. Yeah. Plant trees, which would just start growing, but would be growing for a long, long time. Yeah. What might you do? Um, you could probably grow some food. Grow some food for yourself and for other people. And one more? Raise cattle. Raise cattle if it were a really big plot of land. Yeah. Well, I would like you to be stewards. Okay, actually, you already are. I mean, God has given you a lot of gifts, like a good voice for singing and imagination for what you could do with a plot of land. But what I want to do is to entrust, entrust you with a dollar which isn't a whole lot of money, but it's not nothing. So I want to entrust you with a dollar. This is for you to take care of and to use as you think God would want you to. So that sometime over the next week, what I'd like you to do is to put it to use in a way that God would want you to put it to use. You can't spend it on yourself, although God may want you to have um, a breakfast sandwich if they'd be selling them for just a dollar instead of five. But what I'd like you to do is to spend it for somebody else. So if a friend doesn't have enough money to buy lunch sometime this week, you've got a dollar that you can help them with. Or if your sibling uh, winds up at school without a pen and you're able to, to get a pen for a dollar, you might be able to do that. And if you don't see any way that you can spend that dollar for somebody else in a way that God would want you to, by next Sunday, bring it to church and in the pew in front of you is an envelope that you can put it in and put it in the offering bowl when it goes past, and then it'll be joined together with all of our offerings, and for sure it will do stuff that God wants to be done. We'll proclaim the gospel and feed people and heal people, all the stuff that's done with the offering that's given here. So congratulations, you are stewards. I wish I were going to be here next week so I could find out what you did with your dollar. I think it'd be great. Thanks a lot. Shall we say a prayer? The Lord be with you. Let us pray.
Oh God, thank you for entrusting us with gifts, with imagination, with opportunity. Use us in your service. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. Yep. Oh, you get snacks. No one told me that either. Oh, no wonder everybody came up. Certainly. I thought that basket was for the preacher when he got hungry. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. For those of you who are extroverts, who love putting yourself out there, who enjoy public speaking, who are adrenaline junkies and enjoy gambling, the next 15 minutes is going to be a waste for you. As a matter of fact, it probably would be worse for you to listen to it than simply to ignore it. So that if you are an adrenaline junkie, in the back of the hymnal is a wonderful version of Luther's small catechism. Feel free to spend the next 15 minutes reading that. For the rest of us who are more shy than we are out there, who have a tendency to be self-effacing, who are risk-averse, for whom gambling is just not attractive. This is our Sunday. <laughs> and I do mean our Sunday. We know how that third servant feels in the parable this in this morning's lesson. We're afraid that we will make a mistake and the world will come to an end and so, more often than not, we do nothing. Now when I was a Cub Scout and a Boy Scout, I played for three years on the Scout baseball team. One of them anyway. My team played three years, we did not win a single game. That was due to no small part to my ability as a hitter and a fielder. I discovered after three years that it would be much better for a team to have eight members without me than nine members if I was the ninth member. And so I declared, I took a vow, that I would never again saddle a team with me being on it. And I lost out on lots of experiences in high school and after because of that, including just on the off chance that I might actually have become a better baseball player. But that's third servant thinking. We don't, it's not that we don't see or that we don't care 
I was going to say that people that we don't see and we don't care, that people are needed for the choir, and people are always needed for the choir, but I was so happy to hear the announcements. It's not that we don't see or don't care that members are needed for the congregation council or to serve as secretary of the council in particular. It's not that we don't see or we don't care. We simply figure that others will do it better and that they're better without it, that we would simply screw it up and we don't want to gamble that that would be the case. It's not that we don't see or don't care. When someone is sitting in the corner of the room with her face in her hands, it's not that we don't see or don't care that they obviously need comfort. But more often or not, we figure we will say the wrong words. And it's better that we simply walk away. It's not that we don't see or don't care when our company or our congregation or our government is doing something that is wrong. But rather, we're afraid that we will say the wrong thing and make it even worse. Or that, well, we just don't want to gamble because we will screw it up. For us, the parable sounds like a threat. It's bad enough that we've got low self-image, now we've got to deal with guilt as well. But it's not a threat. Rather, it's actually promise and encouragement. Even Maybe especially for those of us who can identify with the third servant, with the third slave. That story is promise and encouragement in at least four different ways. One is, it reminds us that the gifts we do have, including the opportunity to do good, to support others are not ours, but God's. And God has given them to us to use. And if we screw up, it's God's problem. We do the best we can, but it's not the worst thing in the world. We are stewards. Let those talents, those gifts, those opportunities. And second, the worst that can happen in the parable, the worst that can happen doesn't show up in the parable. The thing we're really worried about is that we're going to be entrusted with three talents and we will go out and put them into trade and lose every penny. Well, Jesus doesn't address that in the parable. But to be honest, how much worse could it be? How much worse could the landowner do than to throw us out into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth? 
chances are whatever is going to happen will not be as bad as what was done to the third slave for doing nothing. So we may as well take the chance. There's a wonderful quote by G.K. Chesterton, by which I live my life, which is, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing badly. The unimportant stuff you can either decide to do well or not to do at all. The really important stuff, like being a godparent, or preaching the gospel, or caring for friends, the really important stuff, if you have to choose between doing them badly and not doing them at all, for heaven's sakes, do them badly because they can then be done. They will then be done. And to be honest too, another thing that God gives us is the assurance of forgiveness. If the worst that we fear happens, we get to show that the world doesn't end and we're still beloved children of God. Not bad. Third, the parable is promise and encouragement because what the landowner shows is that gambling with your money, putting it into trade, putting your talents out in the world, is not a duty that we have to do. It's what the parable calls the joy of the master. That as hard as it may be to push us ourselves to do it, it is joyful. It is enjoyable. Once we get into it, it is indeed sharing not only the mission of God in the world, but the delight of God in the world. That it is not something to be feared, but something to be enjoyed. And finally, and underneath all of them, we may feel like we're gambling, but we really aren't. In the parable, there's only one person that really gambles with his own money, and that's the landowner. He gambles that the slaves will, do, will care for his property well. And that's what God has done with us. That he's not saying, you go out and gamble. What he's saying is, come with me, follow me in gambling. And in fact, God did gamble with his greatest treasure. God put Jesus his own son, his own word, into play in the world. A gamble that it looked like God lost. But that's only part way through the story. And so God invites us into God's own activity and delight. A church that 
we never belong to but loved attending is a church that had a tradition that they, what they did was they took a wooden goose head and put it on top of a toilet bowl plunger, spray painted the whole thing golden and tied a ribbon around the handle of the toilet plunger. And on the first Sunday of every month, someone in the congregation was given the Golden Goose Award, that gold-plated toilet bowl plunger. And the person who got it was the person who over the month earlier stuck their neck out for the sake of the gospel. Even if what they stuck their neck out for went right down the tubes. What a wonderful, wonderful way to define community and being part of that. What a wonderful, wonderful invitation into the promise and encouragement of this parable in which God invites us to share the joy of our Master. Amen.